Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A funny taste in music with Andrew Bird. Hello. 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 One of them. Choose one of them. Um, I think one of them would work. Welcome to A Funny Taste in Music. It's a podcast about music, talking to comedians about music. That's what I wanted to do, and I'm blooming well doing it. Uh, now, last week um, was a really good one with Jeff Inniston, and you'll know the Spotify playlist goes along with the podcast we do the podcast and there's a spotify playlist you can find the the music and the songs that have been talked about and you can listen to them straight away which is a great thing uh some people have chose their tracks pretty quick i'm not gonna lie to you my good friend jeff innocent he 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 really did think it through carefully um he um i sent him the list of songs there was about 50 or something and he emailed me back and said, this looks like a two-spliff job. Uh, so he really thought about it. Now, he wanted me to make it clear to you, and I think it's a good point, that the Spotify playlist, he said that he didn't pick songs, which is a good thing, that he thought, well, it may be always his favourite songs. He picked songs that he thought represented that time that he was into the band, if you see what I mean. So they weren't always the best song of that band or that artist, they were the ones he thought were chronologically worth the best of what he was at that time or how old he was and where he was. So he put a lot of effort in. A lot of messages went back and forward. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that one. hope you like the playlist. You're probably still getting through it. This week, oh, Marcus Birdman. Uh, he's one of my best mates in stand-up. He's a, one of my absolute favourite stand-ups. He's bloody brilliant. And as I say at the start of the, this podcast, um, he was one of them people. I don't know why. Uh, I kind I kind of like it when people hate the music I like. I don't know why. Normal. Well, I hate. I like it when they hate the music, but they're so adamant and steadfast in their opinion. You, even though you disagree, you respect them for it. And that sums up Marcus. Marcus Birdman. Um, I will tell you this. I don't know if he's using this joke on stage. We talked about crediting people's jokes, and it's acceptable as long as you credit. I told Marcus to use this one on stage. For me, Marcus Birdman, joke of lockdown. He had the best joke I've heard during lockdown. A joke that gave me hope for comedy during the darkest times of the first lockdown. During lockdown, he was living on his own. I was trying to be a good friend, a caring, nice friend, and I texted him, all right, Marcus, are you on your own? And he texts back, no, your mum's here. 
I laughed in a way I hadn't laughed in months. It made me feel so alive. So, uh, th yeah, that sums Marcus up. And here he comes now. Uh, don't forget to listen to the Spotify playlist that goes along with this. Loads of good tunes. Uh, and, it, you know, you might get into something from listening to one of these songs. You might not know it. Uh, you might not have heard of it. You might listen to it. And hopefully you'll then become obsessed with that band. That's, that's one of my hopes. Hopefully you do that. Uh, so here he comes, Marcus Birdman. Hope you enjoy this. A funny taste in music. The interview next. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, it's a shame you can't see me, actually. I'm sitting by my new skeleton that I bought, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> which, which which we picked up i got it on ebay which we picked up and put in the uh, uh passenger seat with a seatbelt on and then nearly had a car crash <laughs> which i'm sorry you know on one reason of course it's quite pleased we didn't have a car crash but uh could have been quite funny when the police arrived <laughs> oh that would have been good i mean it'd be worth it'd be worth pulling over into a ditch <laughs> yeah, on almost. a hard shoulder and calling calling the AA and go, <laughs> how long have you taken? <laughs> I've been here for years. He was obese <laughs> when I rang you. <laughs> oh, that, well, that's, that, that's me, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is. <laughs> why, have you, why have you bought a skeleton? I do you know what I've just always really fancied because when because I, I was at art college like yourself I, I, there was there was one around and we sort of drew it and I always had a I think maybe we had one at school in the art department too um, and I just always kind of coveted one and then the sort of ex goth in me coveted one too I just saw it really cheap on eBay so um, uh, I thought I'm having that. <laughs> Cheap skeleton on eBay. Yeah, yeah. Just Korean, so we've called him way too thin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, 
I uh, well, that is that's what eBay's about, isn't it? I mean, isn't it? I I think it's acceptable on eBay. It'd be far more unnerving at a car boot, wouldn't it? Yeah, who's that? Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that a sale or have you adopted that? Uh, yeah. Has it been a lean? It's been a lean <laughs> lockdown car boot era. <laughs> but you know, I had a, a school. I do you remember you had lock, we had lockers at school, mm. and I don't know about you. When I was young, I was always trying to be like I was in a in an American, American movie. teen movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No one used lockers at school. You chuck your PE kit in it, and that was it. Yeah, but I had a I had like a f- tiny rubber skeleton hanging from the indoor, <laughs> from the inside of the door, like as in a teen movie. Yeah, Pictures I didn't need just... anything in the locker. It was all in my bag. <laughs> it's just a skeleton. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So um, um, the ri- one of the ri- you like music, don't you? Love a bit of music. Yes. Oh, that's a relief. This could have been a shit podcast. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> yeah. You uh, you have that you have that look of someone. That I'd say, you know, that look of, well, he Do likes I? bands. He's into bands. You know what I mean? You could see you at a live gig. Yeah. Just yeah. in your casual wear. Yeah, you think so? I think that's a compliment. That's a compliment. Yeah, you know. Well, it depends which bands you're talking about. If you, I mean, if you're sort of going, I could see you at a Steps gig, then it's less, <laughs> of, a, it's less of a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, but, well, to be fair, you can't. I mean, that's, there's some bands you can look at people and go, well, you're roughly into that music. But I've never looked at someone and thought, well, they're in it steps. Yeah. They're quite, they sort of seep into society, steps, steps fans. You don't, you can't pick them out of a crowd. You can't can you? do that. While we're on the steps subject, there was a lovely, I can't remember which comedian, so I couldn't even credit it. But um, someone, I think it might have been Mike Gunn, actually, said that someone's at, there's a steps reunion. And he went, uh, and someone went, didn't there used to be 12 of them? <laughs> and Mike Gunn went, yeah, they did, but one of them. <laughs> One of them died of alcoholism. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like that's Mike Gunn. (laughs) It doesn't. That's cracking, that. Apologies (laughs) if it isn't Mike Gunn. I don't know if it was. It was a good joke. (laughs) uh, If the person gets in touch, I'll uh, I'll clear it up next week. Don't worry. Don't worry. Well, I'm not trying, to steal, not trying to steal it. I'm, it's pure admiration that like I say it. It's not oh, yeah, mine. yeah. Yeah, you can credit <laughs> jokes. That's always allowed, as long as you say who it is. Well, I don't, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It might have been Marcus Bourbon. <laughs> He's a genius. For <laughs> 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 the macabre. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's always trickier when you quote your own stuff. It like, is a bit. The, yeah, it is you know, a bit. In the words of me... Um, <laughs> and you know, I think you could. What you want to do is credit yourself in the third person to make yourself look really arrogant. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> the great right. Andrew, the great Andrew Bird says, and uh, to, that's yeah. To so you, quote the Times, um, <laughs> one of yeah. my one of my bits in the Times. Um, I <laughs> yeah. I uh, um, so yeah. You were going to say already. I could I could sense your. Um, what I like is I could sense when you said depends depends what band you say mm. it looks like I'm in already slightly defensive and I like that yeah that, defensive and, uh, and and absolutely judgmental about other bands I I don't like yeah I know that's that's exactly why I wanted to get you on now you should this podcast I thought it'd be good to talk to people you know you know when you share a love of a band yeah. and you go oh yeah I love that it's a great thing. But so far, I think I don't know what it is. I've been trying to get on people that I know hate a band I love. Yeah, and uh, I've done it a few times, and you straight away, you were one of the first people I thought of because I have a very clear <laughs> yeah. memory. Yes, you know what yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, yeah. 
We're in Thailand. We did. Um, that sounds like we're on a gap year together. We're doing gigs. <laughs> the, great, the great, the great Andrew Bird and Marcus Birdman were in Thailand together. <laughs> the just times cruising. We were just yeah. cruising. Yep. You know, and uh, we were doing gigs in what was it, two thousand and um, seven, five. eight, something like that. No, I think it, you reckon it was earlier. Five, six, five. What? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, hang on. Six January two thousand and six, okay. and um, and uh, we we were doing gigs. There used to be gigs there, and when you do gigs abroad, it was for both of us. It was kind of our first kind of really big, really far away gigs abroad. You might have done more, but it was mine anyway. Yeah, no. I mean, if I if I had only only one or two, certainly. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. It's extremely exciting to be able to to sort of go. Do you want to go and do those gigs? Isn't it? You've, what. I mean, to, just to even go there would be amazing, but to get paid to go there, are you kidding? You know, so yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, that was part. That was past part of it as well. That uh, it was Thailand and Bangkok. It's run by uh, English. He's English, isn't he? Lives in Australia. Yeah, John Moorhead. Yeah, yeah English. So, yeah. And the um, so you do three days Hong Kong, three days Bangkok, and um, so it's all you know. It's all mainly expats. So we're all we're both shitting it a bit because oh. you get sent to the other side of the planet to do a gig. You can't be shit. You've got no. to be good. So all the stuff that you'd usually be excited about was adding more pressure, wouldn't it? It's like, oh well, you've been upgraded to sort of a sort of a premium class or something. We're like, yeah, oh, I think, oh yeah. no, I've got to justify this with my thoughts. <laughs> Walked yeah. in the hotel, saw how nice it was, and went, oh no. Yeah, it does ramp. I mean, it up. I've got some observations about being on a train, and they've mm. paid all this money. <laughs> yeah. So. So we both had the first night. We both had really nice gigs because it was a, it was a brilliant gig. You had to be pretty bad to have a shit gig there. But we both had like really good gigs, and we were both really like really relieved and euphoric almost, and got yeah. got pretty drunk. But I remember we were in a bar, that, and, we were you let your, and you let your guard down and told me that you liked uh, a certain <laughs> band. Yeah, <laughs> I think, thinking I'd agree. <laughs> let my guard. I did absolutely think you agree. I launched into it thinking, well, this. We're getting on really well here. This guy. <laughs> we were. We were getting on really well. I thought, well, this this should cement us as best mates for the rest of this trip. We are going to be mates forever. Cause of the, and I'll, I just launched into it and said how much I love Oasis, and you immediately chopped me down. And not only that, what I, what I loved is the way you went, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can think of you the same now. <laughs> I've, never th- I've never thought of you the same, Andrew. No. <laughs> 15 years later or whatever it is still i'm still reeling from that <laughs> still something fishy about you brother <laughs> in your pretty green outfit normally head to toe you've got Absolutely. me pegged there um i yeah but i immediately i was like i was really disappointed in how adamant and vicious you were it was right off the bat of, good definitely maybe people think that's a great album and you just wouldn't have it and a little bit of me was like quite upset, but at the same time, oh, he's not take. He's got his views. I'll give him that. Well, I mean, that's. I think uh, you should. You, know, you shouldn't just be going. Yeah, yeah, I quite like it. I quite. You know, you ought to be adamantly uh, uh, prejudicial about what you do and <laughs> what you do and don't like, and yeah. uh, and uh, verbose about how you uh, cut people down to size when you don't agree with them. Yeah, that's what I think. You know, people, people complain about like sort of uh, comic reviews being vicious. You sort of go, no, well, I, I think actually, and I'm not trying to defend any reviewers, but I think v- reviewers should be 
should be vicious. You know, like it's sort of like just to be sort of wafty and kind of go, yeah, it's kind of okay. It's a bit like, oh, well, who cares there? Who cares if it's okay? You yeah. know, say it's brilliant or say it's cobblers, you know, but like uh, I love it or hate it. And I sort of tell, I mean, I do sort of famously or famously, but like for the people who know me, I do either love something or hate something. And there's very, very little in between. Yeah, you've you, you really illustrated that that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, your whole face changed. Did it? As I said it, yeah. <laughs> did it? <laughs> oh, I'm really it pleased. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I stand by it. I stand by it. It's still awful. It's still awful. <laughs> <laughs> See, usually I would be, I would think completely differently about someone if they hated Definitely Maybe. I'd think, well, I can't be friends with this person. But because yeah. you were so adamant, I saw, I had, I had a lot it. of respect for it. <laughs> and right. You still are. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. brilliant. Um, yeah. You know, even people who hate Oasis usually admit that Definitely Maybe is a great album. You wouldn't even have that. No, nah. you're absolutely steadfast. Definitely, Maybe is shit. Yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say. Well, <laughs> still, yeah, <laughs> yeah. After usually, all these years, <laughs> any greatest album of all time, it's there or thereabouts. It's in the top ten, but. Greatest debut of all time is in the top three always, but you still no. Nah. Yeah, well, I think it's. I think. Do you know what? It's not so much that I object to the music, which I do, but it's more that <laughs> what I, I object to things that um that are that I don't rate, but yeah, but are, are really kind of influential within culture that I kind of think all right, have it, but then it's not the best. You know, I have this f- feeling about. Uh, football as well you know sort of going by all means love football but what i hate about it is the status that's the most important cultural artifact in the world because i just think it's a game you know so by all means love it but to put it on this pedestal and this this kind of what i feel about oasis is you know if they were a sort of band that people you know were were kind of middling success i'd be less vehemently opposed to them because i think yeah whatever it's not it's not like it's it's they're not steps so for one thing, but but um, the f- what I object to is their status as one of our best ever bands, and I, I well, just, uh, part of our sort of culture in part a way. Part of the culture, part of yeah. Part of every day, yeah, like football is. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like it's it, put on us. It's put on us that football is a part of our national identity. Yeah, and it, and it, well, it is for some people, but it, it just it's it's one of those things. I think it's a bit like religion. By all means, be religious, but shut up about it. Yeah. And I thought, but by all means, like Oasis, but, sh- but sh- shut up about it. <laughs> stop much t- the same stop thing. touching kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly the same. Exactly yeah, stay away. Same. Stay away from my children. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with Oasis, we're very preachy about them, and we do touch kids. Absolutely. <laughs> All fans, yeah, massive, um, massive in South America. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you're still you're still not having it. That's good to hear. Nah, so, but nah. now this, um, but how do you feel about when you tell people about music you love and they don't agree? Mm. Are you? Uh, I well, I'm equally, that's... I'm equally uh, sort of despondent, really. And, uh... <laughs> this is good to hear. This is good to hear. Yeah. So, uh, I... Well, I love reggae, so I, I like, and and that does split opinion between. Again, I think that's a, that's a music that people kind of either really, really love, uh, really love, or yeah. or don't rate. Um, and uh, and I always sort of think if you don't rate, well, I think anyone probably likewise when you when I said I didn't like Oasis, when you feel 
someone doesn't like your band. It feels like someone doesn't like your soul. Do you know, exactly, doesn't it? Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's like it's they don't you that much. Yeah. 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 They don't get, like, I can't like that person because his soul is essential. Her soul is essentially bent out of shape or, <laughs> or so, so, so withered <laughs> that, that, that is just, there's no hope for us, you know? Oh, um, so fundamentally wrong. Yeah. Something, yeah. You're wrong. Yeah. Is yeah. It, with, with reggae, is it the people that, don't like it. Do you think it's because it's it's been sort of uh, what's the word? It's been like um, caricatured a bit, hasn't it? The way it has punk a bit. was. Yeah, it has a bit. I think. Well, I think. I mean, because you know, the sort of pope of of uh, you know of reggae is Bob Marley, and I think the trouble with Bob Marley is that because he got so successful, he became a bit chocolate boxy, and that sort of. Um, one love, and it all became a bit, a bit middle cartoon. of the road. Yeah, and of course that's. That's great in one sense because it really popularised reggae and and uh, um, but it it meant that of course some some of his l- least good tracks were the ones that everybody knew yeah. and judged reggae accordingly and of course they are his some of his less good tracks I mean, some of Bob Marley stuff is is absolutely amazing um, but people think reggae th- just think it's a little bit sunshiny and a bit twee and a bit simplistic and um, and uh, perhaps don't don't examine the, the the rich kind of culture of it, really. If you so, is there loads of is there is there an album track of if there was an album track of Bob Marley that people don't know as much? What what would you what would you go for if you were to put Bob Marley on? If I put was one, one Bob Marley track, um, it doesn't have to be one, but one that you would. Um, you I think would, maybe positive vibration, vibration, um, um, or no woman, no cry. Um, which is both off the album Positive Vibration, and, and it's just much more um, sort of, it's much more political, it's much more Rastafari, which I could take or leave, but there's a, there's just, it's it's just a lot less twee and a lot more, um, has a, I feel it has a lot more weight, both musically and kind of lyrically, both excellent. Yeah, yeah. But that- and then the, the early Scar stuff that Bob Marley did as well, sort of re- really early... Uh, is is Scar much faster? And there's a lot of his songs that you'll sort of um, like One Love, which you'll, which most people would know as a reggae song as being slow, actually yeah. started Simmer Down being another one, actually started as really quite an up tempo Scar tune. Um, right. And, it, I didn't and if, that, right? in fact, actually, this is uh, this is uh, my daughter's called Clementine, as you know, and she was yeah. she's named after Clement Dodd, who was the f- Bob Marley's first producer. Um, oh, right. And stu- all that sort of uh, Studio One stuff, uh, which which is early Scar uh, music, and Bob Marley's early stuff was Scar, and uh, that's produced by a guy called Clement Dodd, yeah. So Cox and Dodd. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't call her Cox. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, um, that song was slightly ruined for me. Um, no, no money, no cry. No, yeah. no woman, no, no woman cry. cry. Yeah, that, that's why it's ruined for me because yeah. uh, I had a mate at school who used to sing "No money, no beer." <laughs> he yeah. ruined it forever. You idiot. Um, but yeah. uh, how did I bet you? He, I, bet he, did... I bet he likes Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> it does actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, how did how did you get in? Uh, how did you get into reggae? I mean, what could you remember the first? music you listen to at home i'm guessing your dad wasn't a big reggae fan <laughs> no <laughs> no he wasn't um no i mean my actually my dad was quite a big jazz my dad saw 
uh, Louis Armstrong, actually. Uh, wow. In, uh, in Tesco's. Yeah, no, in... Um, <laughs> <laughs> at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, in the uh, self-service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was serving. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he's something like, so my dad was quite into jazz, but but so I, I've got which I, a lot of vinyl, which I now have, which is quite nice. But but no, my parents were not into kind of contemporary music. So I think my, I had an elder sister and she, she was into um, a lot of the kind of, when she was maybe sort of a teenager, 13 or whatever, Scar, all that two-tone stuff was starting to uh, come out. And then there was a lot of that sort of reggae. And she she would have had that album, Positive Vibration, and she had a lot of two-tone stuff. And I heard it from her. So at that, my sort of, my the first sing, well, the first album I ever bought, or was bought for me, is Madness is One Step Beyond. Um and uh, and then the first single I bought myself was a, um, a single called Babylon's Burning, but um, which is a punk song. Um, and uh, yeah. so, so I mean that that sounds ludicrously cool for someone who's about eight at the time, seven maybe. <laughs> you were about eight. Yeah, I know. I, it's got, but, but to put that into some sort of context, the second single I bought was summer loving from the grease <laughs> so so, so yeah. wasn't wasn't all hip you know yeah that's quite that's but the quite first, a drop off isn't it yeah first one babylon's burning by the ruts i'm quite proud of and the first album one step beyond is pretty good i think yeah um, yeah those are two good ones because yeah, yeah. i said that that i can't imagine your dad into reggae because as people all know if they've seen your shows and that your dad was a vi- uh, vicar yeah or priest vicar yeah 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 vicar yeah. so yeah, but he was. But just because he was a vicar doesn't mean like he's that stereotypical against rock and roll or anything like that, was he? No, he was. No, he wasn't. Sort of that's the devil's music or anything like that. He just, yeah. he, just he wasn't. Uh, <clears throat> he was just really am, pretty ambivalent about about contemporary, uh, well, culture. Full stop. Really, but but uh, I don't, yeah, and it's not like he would be like turn it off kind of thing. But yeah. I was just thinking about this the other day. You know, that sort of archetypal parents banging on the ceiling, turn it down kind of thing. And I, I never yeah. actually had that. And I used to, I, like, I learned, I'm, you know, I can drum as well. I, I had a drum kit in my bedroom and my poor, long-suffering parents who have, must have had, I don't know if you've been anywhere near the vicinity of a drum kit in anyone, in yeah. anything other than a nightclub. It's so loud. In a house. Uh, it's in a unbearable. house. It's unbearable. So my poor parents. So, um, Jesus, so, they let you yeah. have a drum kit. Uh, uh. I, bought, I bought my nephew a little child's drum kit for a laugh just mm. to piss my... Um, Brother off, that didn't yep. that didn't last long. But the thought of an adult, one, that was really just a statement more than anything. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thought of an adult one. Um, well, did yeah. did your mum listen to music much? I, again, not not really. I mean, I went through a phase where I was really into the Pogues, and um, she quite liked them actually. And so she would, yeah, that's she would kind cool. of, yeah, she would kind of, um, she would be quite into that if I if I was playing that. But she wasn't particularly into um, anything else I was playing. I really like the Pogues. I yeah, um, there's that documentary bad. coming out. Yeah, things Croc, just come out. Crock of gold, is it? Croc, yes, um, something like that. I haven't got that yet, but I'm definitely definitely gonna be watch good. That. Well, all those Julian Temple films have been great. Um, you know, the, the Filth and the Fury being the sort of most famous one with the Sex Pistols. Um, so he was, he's pretty good because he was just there, wasn't he? Sort of with the with all those people. So he, it's not just someone anecdotally doing it after the fact. Yeah. I, I I worked in a pub in in North London and uh, it was a really a, a den of iniquity and the Pogues used to come in um, 
to well mostly to score drugs to be honest with you and um the uh so i always used to uh, give them drugs. Give them well. Give them free boost, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not that they needed it. But, um, no. That was but, um, what do you think about that? That's boring every Christmas, isn't it? The fairy tale in New York. It's a bit like I think. Is this? Do you do you agree with this? People saying about the use of the word faggot mm. and uh, having it banned. Mm. That song is like a story, isn't mm. it? About a certain time. Mm. I think that's right. It's a sort of, you know, they're telling a story of a certain time and setting it in that time. And in that time, that word was kind of used. It's like yeah, it's banning 12 years a slave because they've used yeah. the N-word and not yeah. letting that film be ever seen again. Yeah, it's preposterous. I mean, I think, you know, veering into that uh, that culture, the sort of cancel culture or whatever, I mean, it's preposterous, the whole thing. And yeah, as an example, that fairy tale of New York. Interestingly enough, uh, Shay McGowan's own statement, I don't know if you saw it, was like, look, ban it, don't ban it, I don't care. I'm just not interested in debating it, you know? I, I, I don't do it, you know, and I think that's that's exactly right. You, you don't want to play it, don't play it. Um, if you do, do. But, you know, it's insane. that No one who isn't uh, a moron could think anything other than exactly what you said, that it's contextualised within a story. Um, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, he's not. Re- he didn't release it yesterday. As yeah. Well, well a, 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 a there's, a, there's a date on it. Exactly. It's 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 anecdotally a, a story. You know. I, mean, I think you know, there's that whole council culture ridiculous. I mean, you know, they're you know banning Mark Twain because again, uh, yeah, they're using yeah, the N word in it. You know, but it's it's completely contextualised and uh, yeah, yeah. And they're not. You can't, you can't go banning Huckleberry Finn. What a yeah. book. But, um, well, I yeah yeah. yeah. The Pogues. Um, I, I think Fairy Tale in New York, undoubtedly the best Christmas song ever. Not only that, one of the best songs ever. I absolutely I love that song. It's gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, yes. so, I mean, even even it even stands the test of being sort of hammered. I mean, that's become very hackneyed in the in a way that we were sort of saying about Bob Marley's sort of one love. You've it's so prevalent at Christmas. Yeah. You've heard it a thousand million times, and yet it still sounds good. I know, um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Every it could be played twenty times over a two-week period, and every mm. time it comes on, I still go, oh, oh, mm, oh mm, there it is. Mm. I heard a woman the other week. I was in a uh, doing TV warm-up, and the, I said the studio, and there's a lady working on the auto queue, mm. and a, and a Christmas song come on. I can't remember what one it was. I think it's quite a cheesy Christmas mm. song. She was sat mm. on her own. She wasn't aware I was there. Come on, I just heard her out loud to herself go, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not the, well they are i mean they are are usually horrific aren't they nearly yeah. always i mean it's very to, to get a decent one there's there's um well two things about this what one there's a brilliant i don't know if you heard of jd mcpherson have you he's a sort no. of contemporary he's con- i mean he's contemporary but um it's kind of fairly traditional rock and roll um, sort of 50s, late 50s sounding rock and roll. And he's got a Christmas album out called Socks. And that's brilliant. It's a, you know, But mostly Christmas music is, is god awful. I mean, you go, you know, you are into that sort of Mariah Carey. Oh man, yeah. if you hadn't heard the Justin Bieber Christmas, what did he do? My daughter played it the other day. I mean, I literally, I mean, the Mariah Carey one's bad enough. And then the Justin Bieber one came on. Is it, what, uh, is that new? The no, Bieber? no, he did it when he was is about 12. New? I mean, he did it when he was about 12. Oh, right. I've never heard it. Oh, oh man, you, you probably have. Um, 
and wanted God. and then gone and nailed your dick to a wall. Do <laughs> 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 you remember that time? Do you remember that time you nailed your dick to a wall? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you heard it just before then. <laughs> <laughs> That's what set that chain of events off. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, why would you have done that? Yeah. Um yeah, Mickey Bubble, he must make some money. Michael Booth, must be shit just, me, yeah, that album yeah, yeah, yeah. every year. Yeah. Um but yeah, well, sweet. So you got, you know, what year did you get when how old were you when you got into the pogues? Were you young then? Well, I mean, as you know, I'm ancient. The um yeah. I so it was pretty good really, because they they were they were um kind of coming up as as I became sort of a teenager, really. So so that that one of their most famous gigs being then um, St. Patrick's Day at the town, what was then the town of country, now the forum, um, which had Joe Strummer in, and uh, I saw that gig. Um, and, oh, you were um, at it? Yeah. Uh, you were there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sweet. Jesus. As a sort of, I don't know, about, I don't know how old it was, 15 or 16 or something. So I saw the Pogues a lot um, because I grew up just outside of London and the forum, which where they played a lot. Because when they, they had a weird thing, before they brought that album out, if I Shall Fall From Grace From God, they fell out with their record label, which was uh, Stiff, I think. And they, they didn't want to, re- they did a sort of Prince where they didn't release an album. They just played live a lot for about oh. three years. So I saw, I must have, I've probably seen the Pogues 15 or 20 times. Um, Brilliant. Because they just used wow. to play a ton. Um, and, uh, I love that. What, to spite their record label? To kind of We're spite, I think, anything. yeah, just to sort of wait their record deal out. Yeah. Um, and then um, uh, you know we're not releasing it because it's such a it's such a sort of prejudicial uh, um, re- record deal. Um, and then uh, uh, that's when they they released that "If I Should Fall from Grace with God" album um, on I think maybe Warner Brothers or something. Um, and it's uh, part of the reason I think it's so good is they spent pretty much four years making it. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that that can sometimes not help though a band because they just yeah. <laughs> Drug a little bit, yeah, yeah. And playing okay. a, play, getting the drum sound right for about seven months. Yes, indeed. But that helped them. So where, where did you grow up then that you could just pop into London to watch gigs? I can't remember where you uh, grew Bishop up. Storford. Um, oh, nice. So, just, how long is that on the train? Like 45 minutes into London? Yeah, exactly. So, so if you, and if you're going, because it's north, it's like Stansted Airport way. Yeah. If you're, a gig such as like, um, North London, the, the town and country clubs, yeah, Kentish down that is. You know, you get there in an hour, so so it was sort of perfect. And um, uh, so I saw a lot of people up there. Uh, it was a shame actually because because you know the store were doing some gigs at that at that venue, the Forum, and I yeah. and I was chalked to play, it and it, uh, so I was so excited because uh, you know it yeah. was a scene of many a um a, a sort of teenage gig for me, and uh, and it got pulled because of COVID, unfortunately. But um, uh, yeah, for, for, happen again. With any luck, because I'd love to. I'd love to say I played there. You know. Yeah, it's one um, of them, isn't it? If, mm. if you're into music at all, and you read the NME or read interviews with bands, the Forum is one of them that always yeah, gets mentioned. Yeah. At some so were point. you? Were you? Um, what was your? What was your sort of local gig? Would you have had where? Because where, you, where you? Where did you grow up? You was like it's around See, where you live, isn't it? That's the thing where I, I'm always sort of jealous of people who grew up where they could go to live music i'm obsessed with music when i was younger listening to it all the time but i didn't go any gigs because i grew up in northamptonshire yeah yeah but in a town where like how far was the train station from where you lived sort of five minute walk yeah five minute walk you see i lived in a small town where there was like one bus an hour in Mm. northampton 
and the train station, Milton Keynes or Northampton, were both like a 20-minute drive. Mm. My dad was always working. My mum had a borderline phobia of driving. Yeah. She'd be like, oh, I can't eat today there's that roundabout. <laughs> and, um, and it's Scottish as well. And, yeah, um, drill rather, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, so I didn't, I didn't go any live music. And all my mates, it was just, they were all into dance music and going down the pub. Yeah. So I didn't yeah, go, I had no one to uh, go with, couldn't, I didn't know how to go. And there was a road mender in Northampton. I'd heard yeah. of bands playing there, but I didn't know how to get there, who to go with. Right. So the first live gig... Uh, I went to was I've said this before was when my dad took me on my birthday we went to Wembley mm. Arena to see Bob Dylan which okay. is a pretty cool well, first live I mean that's not bad is it really you know not not bad at all but it's not you know getting the train with your mates to the forum to no. the Pogues it's yeah. going with your dad in a very organised fashion visiting your nan in Hemel yeah. Hempstead <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. the train from rock there and, to Wembley yeah, rock and roll yeah and we always used to get because we'd get the train or the tube would go back up to Enfield. We'd often get the tube because it was later and then someone, someone's parents would pick us up or when yeah. we got a bit sort of past the, the time where, you know, over 17 or whatever, someone could pick Share us up, one of our friends could pick mate, us up. Yeah. But we'd do that thing of getting the tube and it was about, it, the tube was about 45 minutes from Kentish Town to, to Enfield and because you because you'd drunk so much, it was like everyone was just, crushingly desperate for the loo, you know? So you'd all sort of pile out at everything and go for a piss. <laughs> all going, yeah, I didn't like the new stuff while pissing yeah, in a hedge. Absolutely, um, yeah. Do you remember you went with all your mates that you went with? Do you, are you yeah. still in touch with I, a few yeah, of them? Do you know what? I am, um, I am still in touch with them, yeah. Um, Rollo McIntyre. That's a good Scottish name. Uh, your mum probably knows him. And... Um, <laughs> And Jamie McLeish, another good Scottish. Neither of them sound in the least bit Scottish, but I suppose no. Scottish heritage. I used to go to with them uh, a lot. And um, a guy called Crash Taylor, who, uh, who was called Crash because he was a car crash of a human being. And, oh, I was uh, going to say, yeah, get get your parents to pick you up. Don't get him to drive. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tried that once. <laughs> Didn't pan out. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, always, I'm always jealous of that, that going with a load of mates to watch gigs i didn't really get to do that there was no way we were in the middle of nowhere i've that the memories of having mates where we went uh like you know sharing headphones with right. your mate yeah yeah one music. yeah one one and then if you had those sort of the pods you could get one each couldn't you yeah 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 and sometimes just swapping going oh hang on this bit's good yeah have that one and swap yeah. it over so i think have that but not live do, gigs do you so do, how old are you can i ask I'm um, 40, bang on. So would you have been, so would you have done vinyl or would you not really in that era? Was no, it more, no. Yeah. No, so vinyl, you, I was tape, coming, just coming out of tapes. tapes. I remember having tapes. So you did mixtapes and stuff for each other and, and yeah, shared yeah. music that way. So like, you got caught some of that culture, I suppose, then, of, of um, because without wanting to sound like an old duffer, you know, I mean, no, I mean no. no doubt you've heard this from lots of people who are of a certain age, that sort of, I, I, I feel sorry for for sort of con like my daughter contemporarily who just d doesn't have that sort of vinyl and tape sort of affection for music. Yeah. Um, I mean, on the one hand, you can get any track you want, which is which is very handy. But on the other hand, yeah. I think it's you, you know I don't think people treasure music as much as as perhaps are as, as you know as my generation and your generation even still you know did because it was much more precious. 
couldn't get your hands on it. And like, like someone like yourself, you know, you're going, you're sitting in Northampton and I'm sitting in relatively in suburbia, although I was relatively easier, sort of dreaming of these sort of rock stars, um, not knowing, not knowing, not even really knowing what they looked like because all you might have had was a, a photo on an album sleeve. Yeah, um, that was weird. And, when you saw them, went, oh. Well, I, I did actually a classic story. So so I was really, <laughs> I'm slightly ashamed about this, um, but it's kind of Good. funny. Um, I go. I was really into the Red Hot Chili Peppers when I was about seventeen, and their first tour they did in the UK. And their I don't, I don't know how much you know about them, but their their guitarist, their original guitarist Hillel yeah. Slovak, died of a heroin overdose. Yeah. Um, so this is like really early, before all the kind of Blood Sugar Sex Magic, two albums before Blood Sugar Sex Magic. So they were unheard of, and I lo- I saw their picture in Enemy or Melody Make a tiny little picture, and I, I literally thought I like. I like the look of them. They look ridiculous. And I like the sound of what, you know, it was punk funk. I thought, brilliant. So I ordered yeah. this album. I did nothing about it. You couldn't buy the album anywhere. And and um, it came to, I don't know, our local hour price or whatever it was at the time. And, it, and I loved it. And I was totally into them. And then their guitarist died. And I thought, as a, I wanted to get a, my, my first tattoo. I was just about to leave school. And I thought as a tribute to their guitarist, I'll get the tattoo that he had on his arm. And uh, all I knew, I didn't even, you know, because it's pre-internet, I didn't know who who any of the band were. I looked at the back of the album cover and I thought, well, it's the craziest looking one on the album. He's <laughs> he's bound to be the one that died. So so I, so I got that. I got that tattoo, right, which is these two little dolphins. And I got it on my arm. I was superbly proud the day I left school. And then yeah. that cue sort of, I don't know, three or four months later, um, I they toured for the maybe the second time I think in the UK <laughs> in tiny venues and I I what I I saw them at the well, I saw them at loads of like uh, uh, this the first time I saw them was at Edinburgh University Student Union oh. and he walks out <laughs> the, the dead guy walks out <laughs> <laughs> and I, <laughs> with his tattoo on his arm and I thought oh no I have I have lost this <laughs> like come on stage everyone else is going mad you're going yeah oh, oh no I've seen, oh, I've, seen a, I've seen a lot I've seen a ghost <laughs> yeah oh that's great you got you got tattoos when you left school I'll tell you what I got mate good exam results that's where we did it <laughs> I got good exam results too, brother. Whatever. Um, brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the Chili Peppers. They're good. But um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think my point being, I think the. Um, oh yeah, how pr- music you didn't you didn't sort of uh, you heard a song as well. I know it sound was sounding like like right old dick yeah. moaning now, but you heard yeah. a song. It was more pressure because when you heard a song and you loved it. You were you like, get hold of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. when am I going to get to hear that yeah. again? It How do like I get gold that? dust? If it come on the radio and people, you tell people to shut up so you can listen to it because you yeah. didn't know, yeah. didn't know how to go and buy it, and you had to record it off of. I know this is being done by stand-ups a lot. But you had to record it off of like um, the top forty off the radio on a tape mm-hmm. and share it. And it, yeah, I meant like, uh, I, me- I remember we, me and my mate Suggy James Segru, we got um, nice. And this, this is kind of why. Forget it's Oasis for a minute, but this is kind of why, as a band, I love mm. them as well because mm. uh, I was getting into them, and um, and we both we bo- uh, both got picked for the county rugby team, nice. Which in Northampton is a bunch of 
you know, public school boys if you play yeah. county rugby. And we were yeah, I did of... play county rugby, actually. Have we oh, so you'd remember. We were... <laughs> Probably, yeah. I would have played you had I been a bit younger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went to quite a, it was a rough school, but it wasn't like one of the, the posh schools in Northampton. So we oh. we never, we did get in the, we did, so we went all the way to Newcastle for this tournament on a bus oh. and got oh. there and they told us, not only were we not in the team, we weren't even in the squad. They said, <laughs> right. this, oh, we've took too many players. Uh, we're like what? So we've come all the way to Newcastle. We're not even, we're not even, in, we're not even going to be sub. That's but I remember, so on the bus, so me and him just stuck together like sulky little shits. Mm. And we had his Walkman tape, Walkman, and he was leaving the house. He had on CD. He didn't have a CD Walkman then. Didn't have them then. Mm. He had a tape Walkman, and he recorded. Tried to record what's the story, Morning Glory, which was mm. just everywhere at the time. But mm. his mum was shouting him they were late. He only had time to record half the album. <laughs> so we listened to and that was all we had. Half so the all the way to Newcastle and all the way back, we listened to half an album over and over again. Well let's be honest, it's all the same, the same all the way through, mate. <laughs> come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Back of the net. Um, <laughs> but did, you was, was... did you notice? <laughs> But that was all you had. You just clung on to it, didn't you? Yeah, but I think I, I think exactly. You know, on the one hand, you go, well, that, that's shite, and the quality probably was shite, and it probably yeah. had his mum shouting all the, over the top of it. But <laughs> there was a sort of furtive, um, kind of it, almost like a sort of secret, you know, Mason Masonic sort of handshake to passing around stuff that was kind of gold dust because it was really difficult to get hold of certain kinds of music, particularly if it was underground, um, you know, uh, you really had to search for it. You had to go to a local city to, to find it. And, you know, one of the things I do, I mean, it must be amazing in one hand to go hear that song. Well, I mean, it is. And as you, as you well know, you, you probably do do it now. You hear a song on, on Six Music and you go, I love that. And then you can yeah. immediately download it on Spotify. Superb. You've got that track. But it's a shame in one sense um, because there's no... Yeah, see, there's there's very little currency to that. There's very little currency to owning the album. You know, it was yeah. a badge of honour, wasn't it, to to own a, a copy of of what's the story, Morning Glory, or 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 whatever it might be that you yeah, were yeah. into. Pogue's um, album or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, I've got it. You know, because and there were, and it was bloody exp- it was expensive as well to buy to buy a vinyl, particularly when you were a kid. So you, you, part of the time you made sh- damn well sure you liked the album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you re- and that's, and you didn't just lend it to people willy nilly. You had to be someone you were really good mates with mm. to lend anything to as well. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was more important, wasn't it? I didn't, I didn't. Um, so I didn't have. I remember. I do remember some vinyl in the house. Like now, that's what I call seven or whatever. Right, so right, I, I remember, right. but because my dad had that record player, tape, tape player, all in one, built into like half the living room. One of them. Nice, nice. But yeah. then I remember vinyl i don't remember my first albums i bought were on tape do mm. remember that but i remember which yeah, is what to... what did you first buy what was your first well the first the first few uh albums i bought on tape i remember buying <laughs> that's quite weird i remember buying the doors uh-huh. um i can't remember my first ever album i bought on tape because it i suddenly had a flurry of activity i was listening to nirvana a lot rem because mm. of my older mm. brother mm. but then i remember buying the doors Green Day Dookie. Nice. That nice. was a big one, everyone. Yeah, that's was a good kind album, of listening to. That's a great album. But I um I remember my first ever C D, probably more than the first mm. tape I bought, because I was just paying buying I bought a uh, Paul McCartney Flaming Pie. 
97. It's a really good album. Is it? Do you know what? I mean, I've never heard of that. I, do you know what? It's funny. I was thinking about this, um, how Paul McCartney has had a sort of, um, you know, when, when I was younger, I don't know if you, this was the same for you, but when I was younger, everyone was like, Paul McCartney's an arsehole. Uh, jo, you know, it's J- John and, and uh, George are the heroes kind of thing. Yeah. And I think nowadays people would go, no, I think Paul McCartney's the best Beatle. Um, yeah. Weird you know? that chat. He kind of went a bit. He went. He's. He did go a bit weird, annoying uncle for a while. Well, he did. He did, he, he, he definitely. He's probably. He's definitely produced the worst. Uh, well, perhaps without Ringo, but you know, we'll leave him out of it. But um, but um, Paul McCartney's definitely produced the worst music from the Beatles, but arguably the best as well. Um, yeah. Post Beatles, and you know, if you look at the ones that he wrote when he was in the Beatles. Again, you know, the notion that Paul was an idiot is is preposterous. So, you know, he he he's it's fantastic. If you look at, uh, it's weird. They go through phases of which one. I don't know if you do that. Where you look at the Beatles as they go, they go through phases of which one looks the coolest. And yeah. It sort of changes here and there. And there was yeah. a point I reckon around uh, Rubber Soul. I reckon where Paul McCartney easily looked the coolest. He looked mm. well cool. Yeah, well, he because he looked a bit. He looked a bit like a young boy, didn't he? Um, right at the beginning. Yeah, and then I think he um, he got a bit cooler. Yeah, and a bit. There was a stage where he was sort of pretty, um, uh, and then yeah, then he looks starts to look. He's not aged well. He looks a bit like um like uh, Doc Cotton, doesn't he these days? But. Uh, <laughs> But he's, still, he's still done. He's still done good stuff recently. But he did. The, I mean, no. I don't think a lot of people looked that good in the seventies. I don't not. think. To be fair, yeah, there's not a lot. Not. Well, George Harrison did. I think. I think George. You know, George Harrison. Sort of latterly, like John Lennon looked dreadful in the seventies. He didn't suit long hair at all. I thought, and all no, that sort of hippie sort of um, long hair and kind of beanie hats and flares and whatnot looked dreadful on on John. But I thought on George Harrison when his sort of long hair hippie. Because it was a bit, it was also a bit Eastern, wasn't it? And I think it, it sort of suited him quite well. I thought. Yeah, um, yeah John I, Lennon's got the same thing as me: long face, long nose. You can't have long hair. Doesn't. No, so, no, is that no? Doesn't exactly, go. No, you look ridiculous. And, I um, do. Have you ever had? Have you ever had long hair? No, I've decided to leave him out of it now and just go me. I do. Um, I've got a face that if I put a hat or sunglasses on, it looks like someone's put it on for a laugh to go, look. <laughs> like one of, the Easter, one of the Easter Island statues. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. You can in a, wear a, in a hat. hat. You're, a, you're a man like that a can get away with a hat. I like a hat. I can't I think, do that. The, the, the key to wearing a hat is that, yeah, you've got to get the right shape to suit your the shape of your head and face. But also you've got to wear it with... A plum, you know. I'm gonna have to wear a top hat. Um. <laughs> oh man, go for it. Yeah. Well, one of the things um, <clears throat> I'm quite looking for you like you look like Dr. John, wear some a top hat and some spats, and uh, you look pretty natty. <laughs> uh. So, um, so with that sort of some, so the poke, because I, I was talking last last week, I was talking to someone who was into reggae a lot as well, Jeff Innocent, mm. and yes, we were saying he reckons you're aware of music sort of around eight, nine. Yeah, I think he said that. You're aware of it. You start choosing your own music sort of around 12, 13. Mm. I think that's about, I'd say that's about right. And you were saying then, as you were a teenager, you were saying it. It's that kind of thing you were saying as I was a teenager, the Pogues were around 
Mm. as I was a teenager. And that's, for me, that's Oasis was as I was a teenager. Right. So it's kind of, it's sort of felt, probably you feel like that with the Pogues. It's like, well, there was no way I was not going to be into them. You know mm. what I mean? They were kind of around as I was a te- I'd have had to have, you know, I've had to have my fingers in my ears to not know. Yeah, them. yeah. But you well, then made loads of effort and went to see them. What? But, but it's interesting because like, the Pogues sort of almost, um, I think, I mean, I agree with what you, the first bit of what you just said. I think, you know, particularly when you're 13, when you're really forging your own identity as a human being, the bands or that you're into at that point are, are really key. Um, but I think if you look at music, I think... Uh, one look should look at music from how it sounds, but also the look of the band, you know, what they're wearing. Yes. And that, that's really fundamental. Yeah. And, and, um, it's a whole package. Like, it's a package. It's a whole package. package. So, 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 and the Pogues for me sit outside that. I love the music, but I never, I never liked the look of them. I, I didn't, I thought they looked quite, <laughs> quite, quite prosaic, really. Um, and, um, I mean, I mean, I'm sure famously, of course, Shane McGowan looked, um, like a car crash, but so I, I, they amused like, me. Looks what like he like. needs a good shower. He looks like yeah, he yeah. would feel really great after a shower. Yeah, it's grab up. He all has right. that look. Um, yeah. yeah, but but, so, but but they did look quite cool though. In a weird. Well, way, they did. They? They, well, they yeah. look cool. You know, depends on your the the definite. You know, depends on your definition Earthy. of cool. Yeah, Earthy. if your definition. They didn't look crap, and they looked cool in the sense. You know, there's two definitions of cool for me. There's a definition, the sort of the true sense of the definition of cool being like people who are completely happy to be themselves. Um, yeah. So within that, I would say someone like Andy Zaltzman is cool. You know what I mean? Because um, <laughs> yeah. he's completely cool. like, he's really like unashamedly, I'm Andy Zaltzman. He's always Andy Zaltzman to whoever he talks to and he doesn't care yeah. about what he looks like and dresses. And I, and I was like, I hugely admire that. That's cool. Yeah. But on the other scale of how you would define cool as someone you'd like to look like, Andy Zaltzman would would not would be a fail, wouldn't he? Um, he's, it's hardly <laughs> Elvis six. It's hardly Elvis sixty eight comeback special, you know. So 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 there's sort of two. So the Pogues are cool in the Andy Zaltzman vein, but they're not cool in the sort of Elvis sixty eight comeback special cool. Um, they're completely comfortable in their own skin. They know yeah, who they are, but I don't want to cool. look like them. Like I wanted yeah, to look that, like. That's exactly it. I wanted yeah. to look like a punk, like a punk, and latterly I wanted to look like one of those sort of Jamaican dudes in a nice jumper and a and a cool hat. You know, all that that look has been instrumental in how I want to dress as an adult, um, right? And, and punk to a, to a certain degree as well, shades of um, and two tone a lot more probably. Um, I'm a bit magpieish perhaps in that, but all of those things do fit into that sort of perhaps early early music that was I was listening to as a teen or a pre-teen yeah so were you were you into the this is a this is a wild guess but if you're you're into punk a bit you're into punk yeah you're into reggae a bit were you in here you go a bit of a crossover were you into the clash oh man of course yeah yeah of course there you go that's a good guess wasn't it because they they sort of went a bit gay for a bit didn't they yeah i mean i think um and arguably that's their best stuff i mean that that'll cause ruptures but like um I think I think the Clash are amazing, and I think it's interesting because when when you just talk about punk, I mean, I was too young to to really experience punk at the time. I was too young. Yeah, um, you enjoyed so the I, aftermath of it. It was of. it was after the event that I listened to it um, and got yeah. into it. Um, and the first sort of punk stuff I was probably listening to was sort of two tone, which you know it isn't particularly punk, but punk punk sort of influenced. And the Pogues again, punk influenced, but not punk punk. Yeah. Um, 
And um, it was later on that I got into the Sex Pistols and the Damned and the Clash and all these people. Um, but the Clash, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just think their 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 legacy. You, really, you could count the amount of good actual punk songs on one hand. You know what punk's brilliant for isn't necessarily the actual music, in my opinion. No. I think, you know, the look of it was was fundamental. The sort of DIY ethic of it was fundamental. That's what it was, but wasn't it? But actually the tune and, and, the, and the sort of legacy of what those tunes did to other people, you know, the people that came in that sort of post-punk era, like like yeah. like the Pogues, um, uh, is the influence of punk was phenomenal, but actually punk music, I don't know. There's necessarily that many good tunes, you know? Um, yeah. That's, I think that's, I think that's pretty fair. If you go yeah, back. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got couple- kicked all the doors open, but if you actually listen to it out, you know, out of context, mm, music, it's not, but that's what it was about. It was about, uh, anyone can get up and make a band and do it. And out of mm. anyone getting up and make a band and do it, golden nuggets were found in other you know, other exactly. bands that probably wouldn't exactly. have done it exactly. if they didn't. But yeah, but I, exactly. I heard that thing that's pretty funny of like of how punk was about. You can do whatever you want, but mm. then it got very uh, regimented. But no, no, I don't like they slagged off the Clash because they went a bit reggae. And yeah, like, you can't do that. That's not punk. And they're like, hang on, yes. like, punk. You can do what you want. Yes, yes, exactly that. I mean, it's funny. I just read um, uh, Viv Albertine's biography, autobiography, which she was the guitarist in the Slits. Um, oh yeah, which is sort of first uh, all female, um, yeah, sort of punk band, you know, and um, yeah, and again, a, a lot of the slit stuff is pretty, pretty crap, you know, but some of it's amazing, uh, and again, more the legacy that you know every every woman you get who gets up now and says, you know, who, who's who's amazing, your Nadine Charles or, or or anyone goes, I was a huge Slits fan, you know. Um, yeah, because they were they were trailblazers in that anyone can do it, and and Viv Albertine was saying exactly what you just said in that it started off with anyone can do it, and yeah yeah oh great you're 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 a black guy of course you can be in the reggae or you're a woman of course you can be in a reggae no 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 bother and then it became this well that's not punk so you can't do it kind of its own yeah. sort of its own tyranny yeah and then and then she went well it's it's kind of over then really and then um, punk became and then. Like, Became commercialized, and then became it, um, commercialized, or also came in that it got a bit, you know, that sort of oi latterly kind of oi, and then it got a bit right wing and a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit of a stereotype. We get people with massive Mohicans, and and sort of it yeah. just became a little bit, a bit of a parody of itself, a bit cartoony, as you say. Yeah, that was um, that was really that made me really sad when I saw that McDonald's advert, and it had the sort of Sex oh, Pistols. Yeah. Um, it's got that album graphics. cover. Yeah, the Jamie sort Reid. Yeah, yeah. Really, clearly ripped it off. Which, it, yeah. oh, it's like, yeah. how's it? Can how's you... punk ended up as a McDonald's ad? Is, well, uh, perhaps that's yeah. the logical conclusion of anything uh, really kind of groundbreaking that's good. and uh, it, that's good. It ends up on the on <laughs> on a McDonald's sleeve. Yeah, or or I mean, I think you know again. Perhaps not quite so much now, but a few years ago, you'd, you'd go into Topshop and you'd see studded belts and you'd see ripped jeans and you'd see old Clash and uh, yeah. sort of T-shirts, yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, that, that, I mean, that's a bugbear, which no doubt many people 
um, have said of, of of young women wearing a kind of Slayer t-shirt or a or a or a CBGB's t-shirt, and, and you you go, you want to hold them up against a wall and go, I'll let you go if you can name one band that played at CBGB's. I've got I've got a mate I've got a mate called Rob Malkin who said exactly yeah. we've had exactly that conversation that you want yeah. to pin down like a seventeen year old and go right yeah. Right. I will let you go when you can name one Sex Pistols song. Yeah. Do you know yeah. that? Do you know they're a band? Just that, yeah. those T-shirts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and perhaps that's. Right, just I, want, the... I want you to name uh, the whole album, uh, some, <laughs> some of the B sides, and who produced what it. Year did it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so, uh, so as a teenager, then it was like Pogues. It was like quite a lot of punk and um, reggae and stuff. What was? Can you remember out of all them Pogues gigs as well, fifteen of them, you went see loads of other bands. What can you remember? Not the best gig ever you've ever seen, but one that really in your brain you go, oh, if you could go really again. stuck out. Um, yeah, I saw the I see I saw the Jesus and Mary Chain a lot, um, oh, and right. they were. It's my understanding. I've never saw the Ramones, which is a great shame. But a lot of a lot of the Ramones. People said you you went to see the Ramones and they were either I think they said this about Hendrix too for obvious reasons probably with all of three of these bands they were either phenomenal or crap it was probably to, a lot to do with you know what, at what point the drug cycle that they were taking yeah. had kicked in or not you know and um, and so when you went to see Jesus Mary Chain you never really knew what you were going to get and it was either phenomenal. Or Pauling, and they they had a famous. Um, you probably read it actually. You know the um, oh man, what was the what was the? We we went to King Toots together, didn't we? Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. what's the is it what's the name of what's the what's the manager of the of the Oasis? Alan called? McGee. Right. So he was Alan also McGee. the man. He, he Alan was McGee. Their manager. Yeah. He he was he was um, Mary Chain's manager as well, if you remember. Have you, have yeah. you read his biography? Oh, it's amazing. Brilliant, I, isn't it? I Brilliant. About Alan McGee. Is he's clearly done a load of amazing stuff, and he could be really yeah. Dr- drugs <laughs> mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could be really self-congratulately congrat- well, yeah. big himself up, and um, yep. be really arrogant and pompous. But he still quite constantly goes, "I didn't know what the fuck I was doing." Yeah, yeah. And, um, no, he clearly, really had, he clearly like had as much of a as more rock and roll than any of the bands he signed. But well, but they, they said that he he was doing more drugs than most of the bands. Yeah, yeah. And that sort of when all well, after that thing, I think we had again. We've discussed this, and uh, when when Oasis got uh, completely arrested on that uh, ferry over to um, oh, yeah. Amsterdam, he he, he was congratulating him. <laughs> so good, that, so good at it. That bit on uh, Oasis Supersonic, the documentary, <laughs> I had to pause it because I I knew I wouldn't be out here the next five minutes for laughing. When yeah, Noel Gallagher good. rang Alan McGee and said the whole band's been arrested on a ferry. And he said two words to me: "Fucking great." <laughs> <laughs> uh you haven't seen that footage um uh and again i uh of um it's noel gallagher talking about being in australia um with the edge have you seen that yeah i've just seen it just the other day and our picture <laughs> he literally just sent me that link it's Brilliant, really good it? it's really good a next well, door neighbor banging on the wall <laughs> there's a support band one of the support yeah. bands is a young young duo brother and sister and they yeah. said oh do you want to they're in australia do you want to come to ours and we'll make you dinner and we'll have some drinks and stuff so noel gallagher and the edge has gone around these two youngsters houses house 
in the like in the suburbs somewhere outside Melbourne yeah, or something in yeah, Australia yeah. anyway. And they're up late doing tequila, music blaring, dancing, and the neighbours knocked on the door, hates them. And they go, oh, send the edge to us. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking on someone's door, go, right, if you don't fuck... And then the door opens, it's the edge. Ah, how you doing, man? What's don't, don't calm down. And then the two yeah. youngsters went, fuck, you, you go out as well. And the old Gallagher walks out. <laughs> He's in his pyjamas on the gra- on the garden, <laughs> yeah. ready That's to brilliant. kick off. And the That's edge brilliant. and Noel Gallagher were going, oh, come on, come on. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Beautiful story. Beautiful story. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Jesus and Mary chain. So that I've, I've yeah. listened from, from watching that documentary, um, ah, bollocks, Upside, it's a Jesus and Mary chain song. Oh, okay, okay. Up, up, I don't so know. It's a documentary about Creation yeah. Records. You'd really like right. it. Okay, and it starts, yeah, no, starts with Primal Scream and then goes to mm. Jesus and Mary Chain, okay. really. And then, yeah. and then it ends with him re-signing them because no one else would release their album. Yeah, 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 and, um, yeah. And, of course, Bobby Gillespie was in Jesus and Mary Chain um, uh, yeah, as the drummer, drummer wasn't he? back didn't in the drum. day. Didn't really know yeah. the drum. Um, yeah. But you didn't need so that's to because you, you couldn't hear the drums over the fucking thing. You couldn't hear it, yeah. Well, well, that, that was I think that was part of the reason that was really hit and miss um, to go and see them because they really depended on the sound quality of the of the venue because because it was such an impenetrable noise if the quality of the of, of the equipment you know the sound system wasn't was anything other than top notch it was just a dog's dinner like i saw them i saw them a couple of edinburghs ago actually they played down in leith and i was a bit worried um, but the sound quality was incredible and it was just phenomenal and and that kind of that the the, the roar of their guitar sound when it was good quality sound equipment. Perhaps that's part of the reason it's like 30, 40, 30 years later or whatever. It was so good, so good. And, and they yeah, were, I think they were just inept quite often as well. I don't think they were particularly good players back in the day. Um, and um, it, was, it, was, it would either be incredible or, or appalling. And I, there was one very famous Jesus and Mary Chain gig, again, that I was at, and I th- I can't remember. Where it, was. it was a university, I think, it was the University of North London on the Holloway Road, which again was pretty close to me, which ended in a riot because it was because their sound equipment didn't work, um, the drum machine didn't work. I think because um, because when Bobby Gillespie left, they never replaced him with a drummer. They had a um, they just had a sound mach- a, a drum machine, which was which, yeah. uh, and that wasn't working. And then uh, they the sound of quality was appalling, and they only played about three songs or something. And then they just, they just ended up in a in a proper kind of you know one of those sort of yeah it was a uh, riot yeah. i saw that was a on riot. the documentary yeah, yeah. upside down that was the name of the documentary gotcha um gotcha. story of creation upside down nice. it's a brilliant oh, I'll documentary that. i'll track yeah, that it talks about they talk about that gig in it yeah that the, the yeah. band were like yeah, pretty much locked too. in the dressing room yeah they couldn't was, they couldn't was... they couldn't get out it was just a riot outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was just, imagine get home from that. I get home sometime from bad gigs. My wife goes out yeah. with a gig. I've got home go, well, we had to barricade ourselves in the dressing room because yeah, there was yeah. an Come, actual riot. You, but you, mean, that you must have had to barricade yourself into a, into a thing because one of the members of the audience wanted to kill you, though, hadn't you? 
as a comedian. I've gone down some back stairways, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've gone yeah, down. Too. I've run down some stairwells like fucking Jason Bourne and run to my car, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me <laughs> too. A few times. <laughs> I've been talking about that recently, about the, the Millwall support. <laughs> there he is, in his top hat. It's really hard to run away from people in a top hat because it will come off <laughs> yeah, and you have to go come. back and get it. <laughs> It must be difficult to be you in a fight as well because it's pretty easy to hit your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you go for a body shot, you'll probably catch my chin. <laughs> I went for his balls, got his chin. <laughs> Has mixed benefits, Dad. <laughs> I said that I go to a boxing club to keep fit, right? Just to keep yeah. fit. And the bloke who runs it, brilliant bloke, Dazza, he always tries to make me spar. And I always say to him, look, look at my face. Look how easy it'd be hit to my, be hit my face. None of your boxers are going to learn anything yeah. from this. Too easy. It's Too a easy. duck of a face. Um, it's like punching a witch. Anyway, this is not what the podcast is about. I've not brought you on here for this. Although I did see this coming, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, uh, I thought it'd be more music-based, the slagging off. Um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so you'd say that was one of the best gigs you ever went to, was Jesus and the Mary. That, that was a pretty good gig, and such some of those, some of the. So I, I, I that that first when they say when the, when the the, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers first came over, and again I would have been about nineteen, eighteen, um, maybe, cool. and I, they came and I they did a lot of u- university student unions, and I I sort of left. Um, I went to Edinburgh University first and kind of dropped out and then followed um, the Chili Peppers kind of around on tour. So I saw them five or six times on that first tour in really small venues. Um, and that, you know, where, where there's a sort of step, for, like a step stage, you know, not even like a barrier or like right. really, you, you could literally reach out and touch them, you know. They and, must um, have been incredible in small oh, venues. Honestly. Oh, they were absolutely amazing. Oh, they did. They sounded venues. so good. And, um, and John Frusciante's guitar playing. So the first, that was the other thing. The first time I saw them, it was amazing. So they, the, the band came out without Anthony Kiedis and um, started up and it was like heavy. And then Anthony Kiedis legged it out and he did this amazing thing where he grabbed, he, he literally did a kind of pole vault cartwheel by leaping at the microphone stand and grabbing the base of it with one with one with his left hand and the mic with the with his right hand yeah. and did a kind of cartwheel slash backflip. That was his entrance and then landed Whoa. on his feet and started singing. Um no that was way. their that was his entrance and it was like Oh, whatever you think about the Chili Peppers, you go. That's the way I start a gig. Oh, <laughs> imagine yeah. doing that as a imagine doing that as a comedian. That'd <laughs> be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's the only way it'd work as a comedian. You'd have to really <laughs> You'd have to hurt get yourself. it wrong. <laughs> you really hurt yourself. You, can't, you, you can't. You can't grab a mic, do a backflip, and then go. So anyway, Brexit. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> quite a gear change. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Just <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, but that, that 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 was an entrance. So they were they were really good. Yeah, they were really good. Um, wow. So um, wow. So that was, as a teenager, Chili Peppers, Pogues, Punk, mm. Reggae. That that's brilliant as a teenager. It's not bad. There, it's not bad. Is there a band you've got into? I always like the bands you get into kind of by accident, like. They were a support band or your mate just mentioned them and you sort of... Is there a band that you can't imagine living without that you saw as like a support band or... Um, hmm, that's interesting. Um, support. 
I don't think I've ever been to. Like, you, you get these sort of famous uh, sort of stories of, of of support bands who end up who outshine their kind of um, uh, the main act. The main yeah. act. I don't, I, and I've never really. I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, well, I've not seen hand. that, but I've just yeah. seen. I've not seen a support band be that I've liked them more, be better than yeah. the main band. But there's bands that I've seen supporting, and not like I always make sure I'm there. I mean, you, you're an experienced gig goer by the sound mm. of it. Are you one of them? Mm. I'm always one of them. You get there for the start. You watch the support bands. I'm one of, I'm yeah. one of them. I don't well, understand I s- people who go, oh, we're going to the pub. We'll come in just before the main act. Well, we'll yeah. go to the pub any night. I've, I've seen a, few, a couple of times where I've, I didn't realise who the support band was. And and like I, and this is a really weird one. So I went to see the Stray Cats maybe last year or a couple of years ago. Um, and I had no Cats. idea. Yeah, I've never, heard, uh, I've never heard of them. That's a oh man, a sort of like a rockabilly kind of um, uh, rock and roll, superb. You've not heard of them, I suppose. You would have heard of no. Stray Cat Strut or um, um, Runaway Boys. You'd know a couple of their tunes, definitely, Andrew. Okay. I mean, I mean, they are talking early '80s, but they're still kind of going. You'd recognise a couple of their tunes. Could pretty famous. Right. I'm um, on it. I'm on it. Um, Give them a superb. If you like that sort of thing, um, and. But they're rockabilly essentially, and the and the selector was supporting them, who were a kind of two tone ska band, and it was it sort of seemed seemed pretty strange, and I had no idea that they were on, and yeah. uh, and I oh wow, uh, that was oh I know who you so there's been a couple of times that happened. Um, I saw the Jim Jones review without knowing who they were, and I can't remember who they were supporting. They might have been supporting someone like. Do you know? Do you know the Jim Jones review? Like I've heard really, of them. I don't know really heavy, heavy, heavy kind of blues rock kind of um, superb, like really loud guitars. Um, nice. Uh, kind of oh, like Little Richard mixed with yeah. sort of Jesus and Mary Chain almost. Um, <laughs> little <laughs> wow. Little Richard sort of diesel powered, you know. Um, wow, I'm going to need a sound system for that. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, really, really great. Raucous sound. And they were support. And I'd never heard of them. They were supporting someone. And I don't know who it was. Um, and they were fantastic. And, and latterly, I was like, oh, well, I've got to go check them out. I'd not heard of them. Um, yeah, I love that. I love getting into a band when they're a support band because they really feel like they they're yours. Then you found them. Even though they, yeah. I do that a lot. I'll get into a band and feel like I'm the only one who knows about them, and then they're massive. It's like yeah. I'll mention them to people. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows about them. Have you <laughs> heard idiot. of? Uh, have you heard of? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, ba- yeah. this band, uh, you too, is it? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm into their more uh, their more unknown stuff. Some of the mm. album tracks. I. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do that quite a lot. Is there um, and uh, just just to uh, last last question, good way to finish, mm. I reckon. Although I reckon I have to get you on again. It sounds like this cool. ba- barely barely scratched the surface. Barely scratched the, the music. I'm still, you like. I'm still only about I'm still only about eighteen by now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll have to do this again and come back. Go right. So you're nineteen now. We've only yeah, I'll got do, about... the, do, do the twenties and the, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do this in decades. The decades. Yeah, because I. Yeah, I haven't, even mentioned, I haven't even mentioned Jane's Addiction, who are probably one of my favourite bands. And then you get more latterly into like the Gorillas. Did you see uh, the Gorillas live? Did the live stream last night? The Gorillas gig. It was phenomenal. Oh no, no did they? Oh, uh, I did yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah. It was phenomenal. Their new album, and uh, so they had loads of 
guests on and stuff like that. So, so uh, yeah, I could wax. So yeah, I haven't even got, say we've got to my 18 year old sort of self. So yeah, we definitely, definitely should come back on and do the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's do, yeah. We'll do a part two. Um, yep. uh, so yeah, as a, as a, an album, uh, it's an mm. interesting one. I always reckon, uh, what album or maybe musician, this is a good <coughs> one for you. If you mm. told someone you liked and they didn't like, you could never be friends with that person. Um, let's think. You'd have to uh, write them off as a human. I write them off as a human. Well, we've got the flip of that, of course. Uh, was was yeah. our entrance point? Um, oh, we've covered that. Yeah, we've covered that, and we're still. And I mean, we're talking fifteen years later, and we're still papering over the cracks of that. <laughs> I yeah, I think, I think it might be the Clash actually, because I think a lot oh, of right. people get quite snobbish about. The Clash, and uh, uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain that people who just say they don't like reggae, I can't. They're fundamentally their soul is broken. So that might be the whole genre <laughs> wow. of reggae. They don't. That's, if you don't get reggae and you don't like it, we're not. I'm not. Nah, we. I don't want to be anywhere near you. You'll be happy to know that is two weeks in a row now. Yeah, Jeff Innocent had exactly the same answer last week. Yeah, yeah. He went reggae. If you don't like. He said, you don't like reggae, what, as an entire genre? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would be, he would be, he'd be furious. Yeah. He, well, Scar, how absolutely about... Okay, let's, I'll go with Scar then, because I think, A, A, that's not what Jeff said, and B, so it's a different answer for you. And also, I think, because Scar is so much more upbeat, if you cannot like Scar, you are yeah. dead. You know, but you, you are, are you saying is Scott to you? Do you think Scar's a more accessible upbeat yeah, I reggae? Yeah, Scar's way more accessible upbeat reggae. Yeah, right. But a lot of reggae, in fairness, and I'm not because I love reggae, and I'd be the first to agree with Jeff on what he's saying. But I, yeah. I, 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 I can understand if people haven't heard enough reggae, um, that they could be sort of ignorant of the fact that reggae is so good, um, rather than. They've heard they've heard the best stuff and thought it was rubbish, you know. So I, I think I give you you might I could give you a caveat that that might be the case. But everybody's heard Scar, and if you can't like Scar, there's there is something fundamentally wrong with you. Yeah, that is a perfect place to end. <laughs> <laughs> We've started judgmental, and that is how we're going to end. We're we'll end judgmental. Yeah, yeah, I think we should. God, I, I hate to think I didn't go non. I was non-judgmental in the middle. That would be. What a, what a no, 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 it didn't. No, it didn't sag at all. Don't you worry. You were Good. massively unpleasant Good. in the middle as well. <laughs> and and managed to get a jibe in about your personal looks. <laughs> you did. I mean, this. Uh, I think we've covered it. I've covered it. Yeah, it's all covered. I've ticked everything off. Um, I don't like your music, and and your face is ridiculous. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I will be if you um uh, if you go to the the podcast website you can see a picture of my face to go along with this podcast the company this face <laughs> um yeah Google me and uh, and then you can agree with everything Marcus has said <laughs> you've got a, you have a lovely face it's a lovely friendly face thanks mate. <laughs> Um, I was thinking you look... a podcast. It's not needed. <laughs> Your face for podcast. <laughs> yeah, got a nose for podcast. Not even a face for radio. It's that it's the no, one no. further down. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new face for radio. Yeah, no, no, worse. it hasn't even got a face for radio because sometimes you have promo- you have publicity shots. <laughs> Thanks, mate. That feels good. That's my self esteem sorted. Yeah, have a nice day. <laughs>
A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.